Employment Trends in India, Cutting Through the Fog, an IMA India Research Update, October 2020. Only the bravest statisticians dare to put an estimate on India's employment and joblessness numbers. For many decades, the only available data came from infrequent household surveys conducted by the NSSO, which were typically released with a lag and were based on imprecise and outdated definitions. In 2017, IMA India published a report, the India Employment Report, based on raw data from multiple NSSO survey rounds, which attempted to provide a more realistic assessment of employment, including how a superficial reading of the NSSO reports can actually lead to flawed inferences. More recently, the CMIE, or Center for Monitoring Indian Economy, has been running a monthly survey that, among other things, tracks joblessness. However, the sheer volatility of these numbers, they surged from 7% in March to 27% at the height of the lockdown before dropping back to the 8-9% to range a few weeks ago. And the fact that they are based on a sample survey raises doubts. For many years, economists have been urging the government to publish hard data on employment to reduce the excessive reliance on survey-based estimations. In April 2018, this was finally commenced in a limited way with the EPFO, or Employee Provident Fund Organization, publishing monthly payroll data from September 2017 onwards. While this only covers the organized sector, it does offer a part glimpse into ground realities and, most importantly, does not suffer from the many limitations of survey-based data. An important new data source. Globally, economists use a mix of unemployment filings and payroll data to estimate joblessness. In India, this is infeasible due to high levels of informal, part-time and self-employment, most of which is not formally documented. Since late 2017, the EPFO has made available monthly data on new enrollments in its scheme, as well as dropouts and re-enrollments. The data is far from perfect. It only covers formal sector workers who meet the eligibility criteria and includes temporary workers for whom EPF contributions may not be continuous throughout the year. Firm-level EPFO enrollment is mandatory for companies that employ more than 20 people, thus covering only a small share of Indian businesses, and at the individual level for those earning less than 15,000 rupees a month. Of course, smaller organizations and higher paid workers can and often do voluntarily enroll, but even so, the EPFO services a minority of India's working population. Further, the data does not explicitly mention the total number of active accounts or the actual monies being credited to employee accounts month on month, which could have provided a trend on earnings and incomes. Nonetheless, the time series does offer a clear, actionable, and up-to-date picture of the direction of change, which is critically important in volatile times such as these. Moreover, because of clearly stated criteria, there are no ambiguities in the basic definition of what constituted an employed person. Now extending back almost three years, the EPFO data point to several interesting trends. Rising formal wage employment. First, since September 2017, there has been a steady rise in enrollment, both cumulatively in total 18 million new people have signed on since then, and on a monthly basis. Rising enrollment is not the same thing as rising employment, since enrollments can also increase due to a shift from the informal to formal sector. But the data certainly indicates that India is witnessing a strong and steady increase in regular formal wage employment. The trend line of net enrollment has steepened from about 300,000 in late 2017 to nearly 1 million a month just before the lockdown. In FY19, the first full year for which data is available, 6.8 million new members enrolled. The following year, this figure jumped by 16% to 7.9 million. In the current financial year, April and May saw a sharp fall in net enrollment, but June and July witnessed a steep V-shaped recovery. 
July's figure of about 845 net new enrollees is in fact 22.5% higher than a year ago, though it is lower than in January or February. This reflects not just a continued formalization of the workforce, but more importantly, a faster than expected pickup in business activity in the formal sector. Reducing labor churn. Second, the churn in the EPFO system is reducing. Trend lines for monthly exits and returns into the EPFO system serve as a crude proxy for job stability. With the rejoin numbers rising and exits falling, it appears that labor market churn may be declining and that social security mechanisms such as the EPF may be finding more acceptance. Rapid influx of young new workers. Third, net EPF enrollment has been rising the fastest among younger workers, 18 to 21 and 22 to 26 year olds. Presumably, older workers who enroll in the EPF would have previously had some livelihood, implying that most new enrollment in these age groups is driven by a shift from the informal sector. On the other hand, the large numbers of young workers enrolling into the EPFO are mostly new entrants into the workforce. This is a positive trend. Improving female employment ratio. Finally, an important trend is that net new female EPFO enrollment as a share of the total has risen in the last three years. From about 16% in September 2017, women now make up 20% of the cumulative net new enrollment during this period. This is a significant increase considering the time frame involved and suggests that while women continue to be underrepresented, they are entering the formal workforce at a faster rate than men. In a deeply unequal world of work, this is a small mercy.